Hello and welcome to another episode of the FOMO Cast. We're going to be dropping this probably a day early. Normally we record on Thursdays. It's Wednesday. We're here for you. Lots of stuff to cover because things happened like crazy since the last time we uh, talked. Uh, I'm here with uh, Tim. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Uh, make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms, facebook.com slash FOMOcast, Twitter, FOMO underscore cast, FOMO podcast on Instagram. Um, I started using a posting app, so I'm able to post at multiple places at once. So it's been really cool because um, I don't have to worry about uh, really not posting on one but posting on the other so i've been getting a lot of stuff on twitter and i get and uh the facebook page and the group at the same time so that's been perfect um for those that uh want to listen to the podcast anywhere else like i've said we are everywhere we are literally on um we're on tune in spotify apple Podcasts, google play music whatever they want to call it i don't even know what it is now anymore so we're everywhere we're here we're having fun, um, and thank you to everyone who has been listening because I can tell we had an uptick. We've been steadily staying pretty consistent, um, and whoever's listening to us in Moscow, I wanted to say hello because you're one of our top listeners, whoever's listening to us in Moscow. Um, I don't know if they're it's, – it's just like a joke, like someone could be routing through a VPN or something like that. So um, I just want to say thank you. If you are, uh, we, we, we appreciate everything you're doing by listening to us, and we really appreciate all of our listeners in general. Um, so we have a lot to go over. We're going to start with some video game stuff because um, video game hasn't gotten as much attention lately from us because – I think a lot of stuff has kind of gone under the radar, especially with everything else going on in the world. People are playing video games. We did a little bit about Animal Crossing because that was huge. But there hasn't been a real huge game come out because everybody's been focusing on the new consoles. Um, and I've been playing Go, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is a, an amazing game. Super, super difficult and super interactive. No glitches I've found yet. It's amazing, especially from an independent gaming company. Um but I did notice the first thing we wanted to talk about when I logged on the PlayStation on the PlayStation Network, they had Marvel Avengers in beta. And it was a ploy. You had to, you had to pre-order the game in order to get the beta. So it was kind of, you know, one of those things where they, they know what they're doing. They're, they're playing the system. But I was kind of like, well, you know what? Do I want to do it? Do I want to? you know what uh, okay no i guess we're not gonna do that so i was like all right well i'll go ahead and i'll just wait and see so i've watched some of the videos it still seems super underwhelming and i know people are all mad about the customization that you're losing out on where you're not going to be able to um you're not going to be able to get spider-man unless you have a ps4 five or four or whatever they're going to release it on um i don't know have you seen anything about uh about the beta for uh, marvel's avengers no i haven't seen anything and i had a question to ask you about that is the new thing for the betas because i haven't really um done a beta in a while is the new because if i remember right before the betas you didn't have to pre-order the game to get it you would, you know, you could just, okay, hey, it's going to drop this day. It's going to be out for three to five days. 
Um, normally it's over a, like a, a long holiday weekend or like a Friday to Monday. Um, is the new thing now where the betas is connected to you pre-ordering the game or is it still uh, there there's there's a little bit of that some of them they will promise that you'll get you into maybe even the alpha testing phase which is very really rare rare but no it has become somewhat newer because so many people are not going to gamestop and other places to buy the games and they want you to basically order it off of the system because i know they probably i don't know if they get more money off of it you know maybe they do maybe they don't i'm not 100 percent positive yeah. i just know that they prefer it because it's, it's guaranteed money you know yeah. they they know they're going to get their money's worth and if you pre-order the game and you don't like the beta i mean you can say hey i don't like the beta but i mean what else can you do so yeah. i think it, it is newer because before you what you used to do is you would go on a list and they would be like okay you know this is what i want to do i want to uh test it for this reason and then if you made it past then they sent you an invite and then all of a sudden you you get the little letter thing saying hey here's the code to access beta yeah and i know before uh you know if you if you did the beta just the the free one that would you know drop whatever day it was and you do you know the little download for it is that um if you use the beta, then you would uh, get a code and you once the game came out or whether you pre-ordered it, that you would get an extra perk because you were, you know, you you uh, tested the beta or were in on on doing on doing the beta. So even w- whether it's a special skin or camo or gun or, or whatever it is that. You know, not only would you get the pre-order perk for it, which anyone could get as long as you pre-order it, but to do the beta, you would get something as well, or like a calling card or something as well. Uh, yeah, um, the what I've what I've seen so far is they kind of evolved from basically they went at one point it was like, hey, um, it it basically went from you pre-ordered hey thank you then it was like hey pre-order here's a code then there was one where they said like pre-order we'll give you the first part of the game and then you can play it and then all of a sudden when you play it you can actually save your progress for the when the game came out and then it was already automatically uploaded the perks in it yep yeah i remember remember that as well and that was pretty cool where you don't really have to start from square one um, you could already start and have some upgrades or guns or, or whatnot already because you did that in the beta. You, like I said, you don't have to go back. So it's interesting. We'll see how uh, how it goes. Yeah. So um, um, so basically. I'm excited a little bit for Marvel's Avengers just because, I mean, within beta, people have been saying, like, oh, this means um, basically it's like a new era of gaming. They can pretty much do whatever they want. I guess some people are mad because it might not be set up for um, for the new systems. So we'll see what happens. Um, my My favorite topic I want to talk about is... Tim, Tim, uh, Tim is officially buying 
uh, PGA 2K21. Now, can you explain uh, what's going on there? <laughs> I just imagine two weeks ago I was totally against it, and now that more gameplay uh, footage has come out, yeah, I'm I'm sold on it. Now, whether I get it right when it comes out next week or if I, you know, wait a couple of weeks or see when the PS5 drops, because if it's one of those things where I got to buy it on the PS4 and then turn around and buy it again on the PS5, whether it's backwards compatible or, you know, however that is, um, you know, may not may not get it right away, but it'll definitely be um, on the PlayStation 4 or 5. one day uh but what i've noticed is i follow a couple people on youtube that uh play uh the golf club 2019 well they got there i think it was this week it looks like because both of them have put out videos starting earlier this week maybe into last week of them playing 2k21 so with the power meter at the bottom, I thought they were going back to the old controls. Well, the power meter on the bottom is obviously used for, you know, how, um, you know, the percentage of how far you're going to hit the club or use the club. Well, on 2K, I mean, on 2019, there was no power meter. You kind of had to gauge it on how far back your person in his backswing you could take practice swings um so you know you want a full swing you you know you got to time it where he goes all the way back you want to hit you know take a little off well you have to gauge it or this one it's got the power bar at the power meter at the bottom so you want to max it out on 100 percent. you can or if you want to you know only hit a you know maybe 75 yard uh you know nine iron you could you could do that and it's easier to see it than trying to gauge it on your person and could hit those shots um, consistently uh, with that power meter on the bottom. Uh, also, that they have a, I've heard using not necessarily the power meter, but the analog sticks on it with the new, I mean, it's essentially the same controls, but obviously, you know, it's newer and improved that it could get a little used to hitting it hitting a what they call quote-unquote perfect shot um because if you go too fast you'll you know you'll hook it if you go too slow you'll slice it depending if you're right-handed left-handed so they're saying hitting that perfect shot where it the golf ball does what you want it to do is a little bit harder well i guess there's a swing calibrator in there a way to um you know, mess around with it versus just trying to go to the the range and hey, here, uh, just using whatever is there where you kind of tweak it a little bit or it automatically tweaks it for you. And I guess they say that's a big improvement on it where you're not necessarily have to be get used to what the game is where the game could kind of you know get used to your game and how or your thumb control on the analog stick so i thought that was was pretty interesting and they say once you do that and you feel comfortable with it that it drastically improves the gameplay and you're not throwing the controllers or i did the exact same thing as the last shot and the last shot i hit perfect and this one 
you know, I sliced it OB into the woods. Um, and then the other thing is, is like, like before you start out, you create your player, start out Q school, go to the corn fairy tour, corn fairy championship. And then once you add that, you get your PGA tour card. So it still has those where you got to go through it. It just doesn't mean that you create your player automatic PGA. So, um, and normally on, on those ones, they have some, especially on Q school, you could do some different, uh, 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 drills on it as well. So, uh, and then a lastly on it, what I was just watching when we were getting ready for, uh, to record the episode is one of the guys on YouTube. He was messing around on the range doing different shots. And he was found out how to get backspin on it versus just sometimes, you know, getting it and not. And he went through every iron in the bag, basically four iron through the wedges and hit full shots, pit shots and splash shots, which is basically hitting it out of the bunker. And it was pretty interesting on the backspin, basically from the eight iron on up, so eight, nine pitching wedge, sandwich gap wedge, that you got backspin, noticeable backspin on it. All the higher clubs, they're not really made for backspin, so that's why you don't right. get it. Right. Um, but I was surprised that it started with the eight iron to get a little bit of backspin. And like, you know, like anything, it ball bounces on the green usually like one or two bounces checks up and rolls back a little bit and obviously the higher the lofted club which means the higher number of the club the more backspin you get so i mean with the the pitching wedge you get a decent amount but once you get into you know more so the gap wedge sand wedge um lob wedge especially the lob wedge i mean he put one on the middle of the green and it rolled back almost all the way off the green so it's like oh man you could really put some spin on it which is great because i've maybe i just don't know how to do it in 2019 or i'm doing it wrong <laughs> but it's it's not as noticeable so that's a good thing to know in in 2k21 that you know maybe with the club that you got you could put at least know that okay if i hit this right it should spin back uh, a little bit or at least check up. So with with those and with a couple, you know, the videos that these guys have been putting out and they, I mean, they've put it all out going through the swing mechanics, going through, um, you know, playing different courses. Uh, it, it looks pretty awesome. And like I said, this guy, I mean, he just put it out today, probably 10 hours ago of, um, you know, I guess he was getting a lot of comments of, Hey, can you do backspin? How do you do backspin? And he put it out there and yep, you could do backspin. So I think it'll be definitely something that, that I will, uh, I will be purchasing and whether it, it's, I get it on the PS4 or PS5, that is a TBD. So well, uh, I, I mean, it's kind of nice to see that too, because when you when you break it down you're hopeful that the game is going to be the way you want and rarely do we get to see a lot of stuff like what you've seen so i think that does help 
purchasing the game a little bit because there's always going to be flaws and at least yeah. you can work through those flaws because you've seen what you actually like. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited, especially how they said, you know, in the beginning that with the new, like I said, it's not new using the analog sticks and swinging, but with the upgrades and everything that it, it, it was, it was more difficult. And especially the, basically they said, like, I think that, the top difficulty for the clubs is called master clubs and your i mean your your uh, your margin of error is basically you know there's no margin of error and the guy says like i don't know how you could even how anybody could hit these clubs without cheating or using some type of custom you know control or whatnot you, you know someone's gonna do it though someone's gonna be able to use those because there's just some people that are like that they're just oh. they're really good at using those no yeah it, it, exactly i mean if you could do it hey you know more more power to you but with this swing calibrator and i guess it was like a developer in the game that reached out to him i'm sure he watches his youtube videos or was one of the ones that you know is able to get the game in his hand since he's got a big following on YouTube and he plays, you know, 2019 as well and does videos with it. So if he's got the following already for this type of game, you know, he told him, Hey, check out that swing calibrator. And he said it was a noticeable difference where it would tweak, you know, what his control is to the, um, to the gameplay. Or before you would have to, you know, the gameplay wouldn't change. It would be, hey, here's what it is. You just got to get used to it. Or this one, it's a little bit of a give and take. And he said, you know, he highly, if you're having problems with it, highly recommends doing that. And I mean, it's a swing calibrator. It's there to help you play better, um, but still being able to take advantage of all the the new um, advances that they did with this game. So. I'm excited. We'll just see uh, when I actually get it. Yeah. So when when he does get it, we will uh, we will be making sure that we get a lower review for out of Tim. And uh, if you have any games coming out that we may not talk about or you may you know like, uh, let us know at facebook.com slash FOMOcast, Twitter FOMO underscore cast, FOMO podcast on Instagram. And uh, and uh, you can leave comments and everything. We uh, we should have some YouTube videos coming up soon once I do some unboxings because it's just it's too hard to record everybody you know on different platforms and it doesn't look right. So next in gaming, um, Halo Infinite was delayed until 2021. Now there was some controversy behind the Halo game trailer that came out because everyone was like, wait. Is this the graphics that we're gonna have? And they're like, oh no, 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 it's not done yet. Or, you know, and so I'm thinking the game was done because it was supposed to be a release with the new Xbox gaming system. And the new Xbox gaming system has been released, it's gonna release in November. So if they're delaying it till 2021, that means the game wasn't ready yet. It wasn't even close to ready. So they must have thought they were done. People complained about the graphics, and they're like, well, you know what, we need to have a, a higher class product. Because, you know, you want to have the best thing out there, especially when it's your mainstay, your mainstay game of that system. It is Halo. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Have you ever played any Halo games? I've played, I think, a total of four Halo games. And 
that was like the original Halo. Go over to a buddy's house, um, and it was when um, World of Warcraft was really big on PCs, and he had two computers in his because he had the um, higher internet speed. So he had two computers in his house. A neighbor had one in his, and then. Um, so they'd be playing because a buddy of mine played that and I wasn't into that, nor did I have um, an account because <laughs> it was poor. So he only had <laughs> Xbox. So I would play, you know, Halo or um, most of the time it was Halo because a couple other buddies would be over there. And all I remember is just I grab the sword and just go into town on people with the sword because I didn't like the way the guns shot but i mean shoot, like i said that was halo one i mean that was so fresh out of high school so that it was told, a long time ago yeah and i mean it says you know i'm just looking up to see what the halo games were that were released and i mean let's see halo that was i think it was released in two first release was 2001 so there there you go but which is weird, like you said, how I mean, I think there's been a couple times that I mean, Halo is Xbox's baby. I mean, I remember when their systems would come out that, you know, it was one of those ones just for Xbox. So with having this being delayed and it was supposed to come out with the new Xbox system. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't ready because especially if they put out a subpar Halo game, oh, they'll get strung up for it It, it'll be it'll be bad especially because people people have been waiting for infinite um people don't there's always like like with your pga tour stuff there's always complaints about certain systems yep it's just the way it is certain games don't make you happy certain systems but they but halo is the baby of of microsoft so like i didn't even realize i was talking to connor from concon's cantina and like Cortana for Microsoft came from the Halo games. She is a character in the high Halo games. So, you know, an AI character, but a character nonetheless. So, you know, uh, yeah. but we'll segue into PlayStation because this one is kind of huge. So I never knew how this worked because I've always had PlayStation Plus, even when my I didn't have my PlayStation out and or sold for some reason. One time I didn't have one for like a couple months because I sold one. I think I was waiting for the PS4. So I didn't have one, and I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was like, you know, I got the charge, and I'm like, whatever. But then I didn't know. So for those of you that have it, you get a free game or a couple free games every month from PlayStation Plus. And when you download them, they're free. You know, there's nothing about it. It's just it's there. Well, I guess when you if you cancel your subscription to PlayStation Plus, you lose the game and everything. Well, I guess now what they're doing is they're letting people purchase the games outside of the network that you had gotten for free. And I guess it's like at a discounted rate or something. They're doing something differently so that you're not losing the game data you had saved for it. And I guess they're doing the same thing with PlayStation PlayStation Now, which is that's the, the service you can get all the games, like a certain amount of games, unlimited. It's their little library like Microsoft has. So I thought that was kind of cool to announce just because, you know, with everything going on with the, the, the street, the gaming wars 
it's it's gotten to the point now though where i mean everyone's going to start doing cross platform they're losing the licenses on certain things you know obviously they're keeping the 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 drama alive with the spider-man stuff but other than that you don't have much going on in, in the end you're just basically the games are going to get lost and so everyone's going to be able to play all the games so i think it was kind of cool because i think they're realizing that everyone wants to start playing those games and when you give them for free some people only get the playstation now or plus for a short period of time until they realize, well, I don't play online games, or I don't do this, or I don't do that. So if you're able to buy them, it is kind of, I don't know, it seems like a, a good faith kind of thing. Like, they're like, look, we'll take care of our people. Well, obviously, they want to make money, too. But, I mean, I think it's kind of a cool thing. Well, and right now, with everything that's going on, uh, you know, it's just something where, like you said, they could, you know, maybe make a little bit of money or a discounted rate and, Hey, you know what? Maybe you had PlayStation Plus and, you know, you lost your job or something happened or your financial, uh, you know, your, your finances is, have changed due to everything that's going on. Hey, you know what? Can you, you know, we'll, we'll not necessarily throw you a bone, but give this to you at, at a discounted rate and you could still be able to play it, even though it's not for free. But right. Uh, you know, so, something's better than nothing. Uh, and you know, like you said, they probably make a couple bucks on it. So hey, you know, good, good, good on them. And it keeps them, you know, still uh, connected to the or still using the um, the platform PlayStation. That is exactly. Um, one thing that happened today that well, it ha- the other day it happened, and then something got announced today. So there's a rumor out that there's going to be the return of G4. And Olivia Munn originally was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then now there's rumors out that she's going to rejoin. That's where she started. She's a huge gaming person. Um, I think G4, when I when I watched G4, it, it was like the first place where it wasn't like, oh, that's cute. You're a gamer and you're a girl. It was like, no, I'm a, legit, a legitimate person who games. So many people have come out of there. Um, uh, Chris Hardwick came out of there matt myra um jessica chobot i believe was even there and she's bounced over she went over to ign now she does her own thing so i mean they they, they had a lot of people on that network that were just and you could felt they love what they did and you know it was just a fun thing to see and you know hopefully she comes back because I mean, she was, she did a lot of funny comedic stuff. I can't remember where else she was at. She did something else where she was like a correspondent kind of thing. And she's a really funny person and you get to enjoy your love of games. You know, that was my dream job as like when it was around was like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to work at G4, get to play and review video games all day, every day, kind of like what we're doing right here, but at an actual studio. So we'll see what happens. Tim doesn't know quite much about, um, about that, but you know, I was kind of excited about that. And then we'll hop right into the next one. So this one is a weird one because everyone's half talking about it like it was already a thing and half saying, no, it wasn't. So Fresh Prince reboot is in development as a drama. Some guy went through and did a cut of like a Fresh Prince reboot as a serious thing. And apparently that kid has been tapped to work with Will Smith on the project. So it, the trailer that was released wasn't a real one. It was like a fan one. And it was so amazing and good that he was, they were like, we need to do this. 
and it's really different you know so it was pretty cool yeah i didn't even know anything about it until you mentioned it to me and just looking it up right now because i haven't really had that much time i mean it's you know like you said it's based on the the viral youtuber guy um it says update from Will Smith, Benny Medina, and Quincy Jones is currently being shopped to streamers, including HBO Max, Peacock, and Netflix, among others. So, I mean, those are some pretty big names uh, or big name streaming services there. And especially, I mean, A, you have to get Will Smith on board. I think if you don't have him, it's probably not going to be as much, um, you know, people looking at it. But, I mean, shoot, Quincy Jones as well. Uh, it, it, it would be difficult to to not do it without him, but if they took it along the route, like if, as long as they had him in on the production and he he could see it, because because yeah. technically Fresh Prince of Bel Air was his baby when it was originally aired, and I think if they did it drama wise and they went to HBO, that would be kind of perfect on HBO Max kind of thing because you know I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot of these shows now you you never you never realize how much more emotional a show can get until they're cursing in a certain kind of way. It's not like that dirty humor or like a comic using the F word all the time. It's more of like the, when they enunciate or they use these dirty words as a descriptor, it just adds to the drama and the, adds to the emotion of it. It's, it's just, it's a, it's different. So, you know, maybe if they do go that route and they can get it on a, on a service that allows them to go unedited, maybe it could do pretty good. Yeah. Well, and it says, I didn't know this, HBO Max is currently streaming, is the current streaming home for the original series. So it would make sense to team up oh, with them already doing the original. I, I, thought that, I, thought, I thought that was a universal property. I guess not. I don't. I mean, that's on this article from. I mean, Hollywood Reporter. I don't know. Maybe it's they're... hard to keep track because places buy different companies who own different stuff, and then all of a sudden it gets all jumbled up. So, you know, yeah. it's it's possible. Yeah, um, and I mean, there's a lot of people coming back. You know, two creators are set to return, an executive producer. Um, you know, also it was a core. A, co-writer for the strip of uh, the scripts and it looks like um yeah will will smith will be i didn't know he was one of the original show producers on it yes he was because um that was his whole gimmick with dj jazzy jeff that was like a like, that was their whole like bait like brainchild their thing yeah so yeah. i mean hopefully i mean we'll see how how it goes it'll take off and, and you know and run i don't especially with will smith back and like you said that was his baby and he was a producer i don't think uh, and with a lot of the you know original people especially you know quincy jones is the one that sticks out to me uh that they would would do it right and not um you know kind of strike while the iron's hot with it you, you know let's get some talk going and see you know do people want it do people not want it especially in a, with the um in a different format so, you know, I'm sure every, it, it'll be hot right now. And then once they start putting out some trailers or start seeing something, um, then it'll, you know, really see what happens, uh, you know, from there. I mean, I like, you know, Will Smith as 
as the genie in Aladdin. I, you know, I liked him. I think he did a great job. He did his own take on it. He didn't do, you get a lot of people, especially, um, you know, Disney and being live action. And you got, you know, I, you know, the iconic Robin Williams doing it before they didn't take that and really play in my opinion, uh, to the Robin Williams character and just tried to do Robin Williams, but live action. He did his own take on it. Even the songs were, you know, the Fresh Prince's songs. They they were. And, he and made- that's what I did appreciate every review because I, I didn't really want to watch it. I was kind of depressed about it. But then I did hear people say they're like, oh, he's not even close to the original genie. And I'm like, why? Why would he try and do that? Would you rather be be blamed for saying you did a bad job because you were or weren't? I'm like that's yeah. that's that's stupid because, I mean, in all reality, why why you know what I mean? Yep. No, ex- exactly. I think they did it good. I mean, everyone has their own, you know, opinions on you know with Disney doing the live action versus the animated ones, and especially you know Aladdin was in that '90s renaissance uh, of disney and we'll get get to mention that a little later on um but no i think he did did great did a you know did a good job he took it on he still i mean everyone knows the genie and the songs and everything but he did his own take on it um and i think he did i i mean i can't speak for robin williams or whatnot but i think he did a good take on it and i mean will will smith is funny in his own as well so he could be serious he could be funny like i said he did his own and, take and that was my, my that was my worry was they were going to try and be like you need to do it just like he did and i'm like no 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 no. that's not the way it works i mean you know because what i believe you should do is do it in a certain way like hey look this is in tribute to him i get that that's fine exactly so you know you know, we'll see how that goes. And so hopefully the Fresh Prince does come out because I am super excited and we'll see what happens with that. Um, we're going into some, some sad news and there's some stuff tied to this that Tim doesn't know about. And I'm going to explain. It's difficult. So they're going through a whole layoff uh, period with Warner Brothers Media in general. And I guess they own they so they own DC Comics and they're going through a massive layoff like they legit laid off a ton of people they laid off the editor-in-chief of gdc so that's how big of a layoff it is it's nothing to joke about it's not funny it's horrible and it is due to these covid times but what people don't know is is that the warner brothers i believe is owner or something like that of time warner media and basically because of this all going on the they might lose AEW to AEW wrestling because apparently the guy who's in charge of, of uh, Turner media was let go and he was a huge proponent for AEW wrestling and AEW wrestling for Tim doesn't Tim's looking at me confused. He doesn't know this, but they're like the biggest competitor to WWE. 95% of the guys that are getting let go are going to AEW after they get let, let go from WWE. And it's just shocking to me because there, I, don't, I don't know if there's stuff they're not telling us or if there's, there's stuff that behind the scenes is happening. But from from what I can see, it's it's going to be a big change coming. And mind you, 
like okay everyone's freaking out oh dc dc well, okay look marvel is canceling their quote-unquote killing certain people on the comics so they're doing the same thing they're going to be lessening their load but they're not coming out as public and letting people go so i just thought it was crazy that dc let go of the editor-in-chief it was a huge thing and you know, I mean, we're going to see what happens with what, I mean, a lot of those people are probably going to go over to Marvel or maybe even start their own. Cause I know that's a big thing that happens to them. Um, I don't know. Tim's not a big comic book person, so he's getting bored and looking at his phone right now while we're talking about it. Um, the founder of AEW. Oh yeah. One of the biggest wrestlers in AEW is Chris Jericho. So people know I him from saw, WWE. I just saw that too. Yeah. His move is the wall of Jericho. So, and he had a cruise. He had a Jericho, whole Jericho cruise thingy, I think, too. Um, and for those that yeah. don't know, if but you're ever. Fun fact, the, the owner of AEW is actually the co-owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL. Yeah. And, and the, the big thing to note, too, is if, you, if, you're, if you're a wrestling fan and you like watching it and you ever, one of your wrestlers leaves Go look for them in AEW under a different name because Vince McMahon and WWE owns most of the names of people in the WWE. He's okay. So I got okay. Now I know why I know him. He's the son of the owner of obviously of the Jaguars, and it's the Shahid Khan, Shahid Rafiq Khan, and he's Pakistani born American billionaire and sports tycoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you saw a photo of him, you now, now I know. Now I get it. Okay. And isn't or, doesn't doesn't his dad own a a, a, a soccer club too in Europe? Uh, yeah, he owns Fulham FC of the Premier League. Co-owner yep. of All Elite Wrestling AEW. Owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, owner of Flex and Gate, American Automotive Company. Um, and OEM and the seventh largest American automotive parts supplier generating $8.3 billion in revenue in 2018. So, you know, I, I think he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Huh. So next, this one, this one is probably the most controversial topic that I don't want to talk about. I don't care about this movie, this movie, um, uh, these movies in general, um, the original was a flop that I guess became a cult classic. That's why everyone watches it. And it's Tron. They have the Tron cycles in, is it Tokyo, Japan that has the Tron cycles? Uh, yeah. Tokyo, uh, to Shanghai, Disney, Shanghai, I think. Disney. Oh, Shanghai, and, Disney. Okay. Yeah. And they are doing uh, work right now for it to come to the magic kingdom. Correct. And I think they're doing something similar for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, too, that's going to replace the ride yes. over there, too, as well. So it's yeah, all similar. That, that's going to be a roller coaster as well. Correct. And then, so basically, Tron 3, apparently Jared Leto leaked some info, quote-unquote leaked. It wasn't a real leak because it's, it wasn't real info. Um, I, I think it was a plant is what it was. I think they were like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening, blah, 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 blah. And then it's not really what's happening. They're just trying to get people's interest peaked. But they did find a director for Tron 3 starring Jared Leto. So I don't I don't even know how I feel about it. They've been trying to get Tron 3 made for how long? Oh, you, I mean, you get stuff that comes out all the time on it, especially 
I mean, like you said, you had the the original, um, obviously mainly starring a young Jeff Bridges. Um, and like you said, it was a flop. I mean, it had a lot of technologically advanced, you know, filmmaking just due to the nature of the movie. Uh, but it cost, I mean, if you're going just based on how much it cost and how much revenue it got when it first came out, yeah, it, it was a flop. Um, I mean, so was like the big Lebowski um, and like Waterworld and all of these ones and shoot 20 years later. I mean, they're, you know, cult classic status. It's it's crazy how it happens. And even um, on Disney Plus, they do prop culture. And one of them was on Tron and the original director. He's kind of, um, we'll say, unique in his own aspect. I mean, he's got, you know, hey, here's the original script. Hey, here's this. He's got it in a banker's box in um, a garage and just going through it like nothing. And the guy on this on the the show, the main the title guy, he's like, oh, my gosh, this is like a part of history. You got these, you know, Tron fanboys that would want this and you're just tossing it around here. You know, he had to move stuff to find it. And there was a box labeled, you know, Tron memorabilia or tron um and now the direct that was his big i think he, the director did like one or two more movies after that nothing like tron and you know now i don't even know what he's doing but he had a lot of this stuff just you know just what what in, in a in a back room in a box somewhere so well so i looked it up and uh he basically so he did tron Hot Pursuit in 1987, and then one called Slipstream. And then apparently, so they've leaked it. It's already on here. So so he was in Tron Legacy with a cameo, and he's going to be in Tron Ares is what the new one's called. Tron Legacy came out in 2010. Here's, what, here's what's crazy. So Tron apparently wasn't a real flop because their budget was $17 million. That's a lot in 1982. And it made $50 so it made a decent profit. Here's the crazy one. They haven't made a third one. Now I know why they wanted to make a third one. Because the the second one, let me get to it real quick because it's right here. The budget for the Tron Legacy was $150 million. $150 wow. million. Lot of lot of green screen, a lot of CGI. Oh, yeah. How much do you think it made? Uh, did it even make a hundred? 410 million really which is shocking to me because now i'm like why haven't they made a third one i i know what i'm doing this weekend i'm watching tron tron is available right now on disney plus i know for a fact because it just showed a little ad on the bottom of it saying it was on disney plus and i'm gonna see i don't know if tron legacy is on there but uh yeah that's insane that's that's crazy to me that that's how much money it made, and it, they haven't made a third one in 2010, 10 years. And they've been literally, it's literally, it feels almost like every two years we get someone saying, We need a neutron, we need a neutron, we need a neutron. Well, and I'm like, What's what's the big deal? But I guess I need to watch it now or something, man. Well, and the weird thing is, is they had that electronica at California Adventure there, and it had, you know, the laser guy, which was like, you know tron and he'd manipulate i mean it was called electronica and the tron t-r-o-n was capitalized um 
on it. And I remember, you know, a lot of people that would go there just for that. I mean, it was one big party at the uh, on the back lot there, and it was before the uh, the Mad Tea Party came uh, came there because they had the yes. stages on Electronica, and you could get. I mean, people just went there just for that. They'd go there, um, you know, dance a little bit, have a couple drinks, and then you know, go home and be in bed by by eleven o'clock. But it's it's funny if you type I typed in Tron three in Google and once you kind of get past the first original couple blurbs, the first actual article is a Forbes article and it says box office Tron three will likely be a disaster for Walt Disney. Now, I don't know if that's a clickbait title or not, but uh, it's it's interesting. Interesting. (laughs) So, huh? Yeah, who knows? Uh, maybe I'll have to read this article and see if it is uh, a clickbait title. But I mean, it it might be. All all I can tell you is that I was looking. Both of them are on. They are on Disney Plus. So I'm gonna watch both of them this weekend. <laughs> and not only are they both on there, but. They also have a, a, a cartoon called Tron Uprising. Huh. So we're going to see what happens with that. I'm going to be having a very busy weekend this weekend. Right. So that is exciting. I don't know about this. I posted it on the Facebook page. And Justin, who doesn't think Connor McLeod's the best Highlander, but Connor McLeod is the best Highlander. Um, MacGruber is getting a series at Pig Peacock with Will Forte starring. Now, the movie didn't do very good. Um, and I don't know, I know Will Forte was really good in Last Man on Earth, but I mean, what, what, what more? Like, people even said they go, This is a skit why yeah it's, oh, it's man. interesting oh, man. it made it it cost 10 million to make it only made 9.3 million oh yeah that's bad and it only cost 10 million man that's actually kind of cheap i mean granted it's not a big budget but still but i guess if it only made Nine point three. It would need to cost nine million to at least break even. Yeah, I mean, it was a forty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it was certified rotten. Yeah. Um, oh man, forty-three out of hundred on a critic website. So I mean, it's just the yeah. Uh, you know. Well, and it's one of those things where McGruber, you either love it or hate it. Um. And especially with those fans, you know, with those fans. And like you said, it, it was a skit. It's kind of like, you know, Borat or any of those, A Night at the Roxbury, those that take off, um, you know, Wayne's World. I mean, you got some of them that could hold it on their own and did, you know, one movie or multiple movies, depending on how the movie does. But with MacGruber, I didn't really think that there was that big of an audience to um to really sustain that as far as being a movie but i mean they did it and 
it almost made their cost back. But yeah, now with it being a series war, that means you got to come out with content every week or at least for one season. So where before with it just being a skit, it didn't have to be every week or you would just have to do a one 10 minute skit a week or now you're going to have to put out uh, 30 minutes or however long it's going to be. It's, it's, it's going to be different. And what I did just look up, I looked up the, some info on it and um, basically the, one of the writers, the writer of MacGruber, I looked at it and I'm like, this guy looks familiar. Well, he played Roscoe on parks and rec. He worked for grizzle. And obviously everyone knows my Instagram handle is grizzle CEO. So I was like, Oh shoot. So, I mean, I'm optimistic for it. Maybe I'll have to start watching it. Um, I haven't gotten Peacock yet. I do like, um, we'll roll into this real quick. What you were talking about earlier, the PGA stuff, how uh, Peacock is going to get some, um, they already did a thing where, um, we don't get political. This is just coincidental, but uh, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Is that her last name? Kamala Harris? Is it? Yeah, Harris. You got the first name right, too. Good job. Kamala Harris. Um, they did a press conference. It was exclusive on um, Peacock Now, I think, it or Political Now. It's a channel on Peacock. So really? I was like, okay, so there's a lot of stuff that's coming exclusive. So I just want to bring that up real quick, how they're actually doing, what would you say, the first hour is going to be exclusive to Peacock. And then it goes to, uh, now it's called, it's not called the Golf Channel anymore. It's just called, uh, it's, called, it's called NBC Golf or something like that now, yeah. Yeah, because I thought that was interesting because it's the U.S. Amateur uh, Championship and it's at Bandon Dunes, which is a awesome bucket leaf bucket list golf resort for me i think they have six or seven different courses there up on the um oregon coast in bandon um so i just wanted to watch it just to see what the course is like well it's right on the coast of the pacific ocean obviously and wait I guess, is that the one that has the trains that always go by uh no no this was okay. just it's it's kind of recently and they just opened up a new course up there um last year or maybe this year uh but with it being right there on the ocean uh they i think they said today i mean you could see the wind was just whipping through there and like i said i just want to watch it because i want to see what the course looks like um but when because i heard that it was going to be on i'm going to keep calling it the golf channel because that's what it is but nbc golf that um looking at the schedule on when it was because I wanted to get the times for it so I could TiVo it or, mm -hmm. or DVR it, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was weird. It had, oh, Peacock from like 6 to 7, and then Golf Channel from 7 to 9, obviously all Eastern times. I'm like, what the heck? So I, at first I thought it was, you know, Peacock was getting the first hour along with um, uh, a Golf Channel, but no, they got uh, – I think it's like uninterrupted streaming access to it. And um, fun fact on that, it's actually free to watch on the Peacock uh, app or channel or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So what you when, so the thing about Peacock that I learned was when you go to watch it, it's not it's 
it's it's you have to pay a fee to watch most of the stuff. What they do have is they have like an office channel, and they have other things that are like you can watch them for free, and you literally go through it. It's like a guide, and they basically play like regular TV without being able to TiVo it. So. They have a political channel. They have like an so they have a political one, and then they have an MSNBC one, and then they have um, the Office one, and then I can't remember. There's another. There's a couple other ones that are on there, and it is for those that that can't afford it. It is kind of cool just to download it and try it out. Um, I don't. I can't watch it on my TV yet. Soon, soon this weekend, hopefully. So yeah, no. I'm. I, I'll, I'll. I'll do a full review next week of Peacock, the free part of it. So we'll see how free it really is. And I thought it was pretty interesting that they actually had, you know, the first hour was on that. So the only way to see hour one of the broadcast is not on the Golf Channel or anything like that. It's on the Peacock app. And like I said, it was cool that it was free. And at first I thought, okay, what does free mean? Does that mean, hey, sign up and you get it for free? Like you put your credit card in and, oh, hey, right, you get it. Right, um, But it sounds like it's, you know free freeze free so now my only question would be is is this going to affect future future tournaments because what if they are like oh look tiger wants to come out and do this you know invitational it's nothing it's not it's not a major oh yeah do you say oh well if he's going to be here then what we'll do is we'll take him and Ju- dustin johnson or phil mickelson and we'll have them go off as the first twosome that way you have to like you're going to miss the first yep. like five or six holes of tiger and phil because they make them one of the first groups to go off now that'd be a brilliant thing to do because that's kind of like a ploy to bring people in and i'd be like great now i gotta do this to watch tiger because you know what like me and tim went golfing a couple what was it oh it's a month ago already we went golfing uh Yeah. yeah a month ago and i love golfing it's fun and you know what's funny is it's one of the only ones that when i watch it I'm truly watching what's going on because I'm like, oh, look, this guy has an interesting swing. And this guy, his walk up, you know, is really weird. And like Bubba Watson, man, he's an angry dude when you watch him play. There's a lot of stuff you see. It's really cool. And I'm like, so I would definitely go to it and be like, oh, well, looks like I'm watching this. So, you know, it is is a a good gimmick and I think it's going to do pretty good. Well, and it's almost kind of like what they have it uh, already right now where the Golf Channel, they'll have it on, you know, earlier. And then once it hits the, you know, the major networks, the NBC or whoever has the rights to that tournament, you know, the Golf Channel will have that early coverage of it. And then they go, okay, well, one o'clock, it goes over to NBC. So they say, okay, see you later. And then you got to turn your channel to NBC or whichever Yep. network picks it up and you watch the the rest of it there uh so i mean that could definitely be something that that they do or like you said just have a group and focus on that or have like what they did with the match when um what was it when when tiger and phil played and oh who the heck was the one was it bleacher report or whatever that did the had the rights to it but then it all got screwed up and they did it for free yeah but i mean that could be something that that they do get some content like that and do different things and i know they do want to do it i've heard rumors that they want to do it again they said they had a lot of fun because you bring in these outsiders who aren't golfers and i whenever you watch for those that don't watch 
One of my favorite ones to watch is not the Pebble Beach Pro Am, it's the Pro Am in Lake Tahoe because yep. you get a lot of celebrities who are legit good golfers. Tony Romo, Brian yep. Baumgartner, who played Kevin from The Office. That's how he knows Aaron Rodgers is through the Pro Am in Lake Tahoe. So yep. it's one of those things where if you watch them, if you watch them play, when you bring in these regular people who are kind of funny, like I think um, Mark Wahlberg one time pretended like he was going to go after and hit somebody with the club, I think it was, and they were screwing around on the golf course. Yep. You know, they're having fun, but they're also competitive. Justin Timberlake, super competitive. So just yeah. think about doing that again, like you said, another another match where you bring in different celebrities. You could turn that into a weekly a weekly or a monthly thing where you get different professional golfers. Because I'm tr- trust me, I, how many how many? Okay, Ricky Fowler. Do you know how much Puma and Cobra would freak out if they got on the front? Because nobody knows who Ricky Fowler is. Only reason why I love Ricky Fowler is because he was the first one at TPC Sawgrass to get merchandise out of his bag. He had his golf bag packed full of merch and is running next to the crowd and throwing hats and shirts and tees and gloves, everything Cobra and Puma. And I'm like, that's how you do it. That's how you get a new type of fan in. That's why everyone wants to go to TPC Sawgrass. It's one of those things. So hopefully Peacock does this right. They don't botch it. They don't have some sort of glitch the same way that I can't remember who it was had it for the, the match originally, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So we're going into a bunch of doc, uh, a bunch of Disney stuff. There's one thing that we'll finish with the the one thing after the Howard thing. We're gonna switch that one to the very end. Okay. I'll go. I'll I'll lead anyway, so it's okay. But we wanted to make sure. So first, they go into the Disney stuff. Um, Marvel Studios returns to filming Falcon the Winter Soldier, Loki, and Spider Man Three. The key thing I see on this. What do you see missing out of that list? Um, Hawkeye. No, no, no. That one doesn't count. That one. That one had. That one hasn't started filming yet. I don't think. I don't know. That was. I was. I was. Wandavision. Oh, Wandavision's yeah. missing. I think they're done filming Wandavision. I think because Wandavision was the first one they had confusion on when it was going to release, and I think there's a lot of after work stuff, probably voiceover stuff. So fingers crossed, Wandavision doesn't get delayed. Um, uh, we're going to get a little bit political. I just want to mention a thing that um, I'm really proud of Anthony Ma- uh, Mackie. I think that's his name. Anthony Mackie. Is that Falcon? I think that's Falcon. I'm going to look it up real quick, Tim. But so I believe it's Anthony Mackie. Um, uh, what was, so I didn't realize, like I saw him. Yeah. Anthony Mackie. So I, I didn't watch a lot of Marvel stuff when it first came out. Then I went through and binged, watched them all. Anthony Mackie plays well, he's going to play because everyone, so spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Endgame, he gets handled the shield. And if you read the comics, like I do, when Falcon becomes the new Captain America, he's my favorite Captain America because he's a Captain America of the people. He's not this godlike figure that you see in the movies or on, you know, the comics. He's a dude that's just out there. And Anthony Mackie uh, has come out and said some stuff about, you know, the diversity at Disney and stuff like that. And I applaud him because the way he said it was, he goes, it may be them doing it 
unintentionally, but what they're doing is not right. So let's hope that the diversity at Disney, the, especially the shows coming out, because they're set all over the world, you know, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, so kudos to you, to Anthony Mackey. I'm going to tag him in this, see if he responds or not, but I'm pretty happy of everything he's doing. Um, the next Disney thing we're going to into, I didn't even watch this because I'm mad about it, but the new Mulan trailer came out today. Did you watch yeah. it? Yeah, no, I, I watched it and I just happened to be, I don't know how, I don't know if I was scrolling through Facebook and something came up on a group that it was in, um, but it it came out today and I don't know, I'm assuming it's the final trailer since it's going to come out on September 4th. Um, I think I, I think it was a trailer to, because they, they dropped a big card, we'll talk about it afterwards, about what's going to happen with the Mulan uh, premium content this decision yeah uh, so but how did you like the trailer i thought i mean it was one of those trailers where it wasn't like uh you know how some of them are like two two and a half minutes long i think this one was right around a minute so that's why i'm confused if it's going to be the last one or if they come out with the final one that's going to be um you know a, a, a longer version of it and kind of tie the whole or you know see what the whole movie's about um but it was you got to see some i i noticed some characters from the animated one that were in there and i know it's kind of you know going along the same lines as that because i mean mulan's mulan obviously there's some characters that aren't going to be in it that were no no mushu so everyone's mad yep no mushu no eddie murphy um but I mean, you, like I said, I noticed some characters that were in the original one uh, that were in this one, um, and, and it's weird because in the trailer, it, it almost in the beginning of the trailer, it looked like that she wasn't hiding being the fact that she was a woman, and they even make a comment where a woman can't lead a man's army. So I'm like, oh wait, are they? What the heck's going on? But then later on, you see her um, take off her armor and uh, unwrap like, uh, oh, what do you like a uh, like a wrap around her? It's an ace bandage type of yeah. thing. Yes, but, yeah, more makes her have her like a flatter chest. I'm like, oh, okay. So it, it kind of one of those uh, those trailers. But you know, I thought it'll. It'll be interesting, um, and especially with it not having Mushu in it. Um, I know a lot of people liked him in the animated one, and I know they kind of came out pretty early that that wasn't going to be in there, and they were going to go a little bit of a different direction. Yeah, uh, it was one of the first. It was one of the first things they said was not going that that Mushu was not going to be in there. Was the very first thing they said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So right there, you're going to have a lot of people. It's like, oh, well, then it's not going to. Why are you calling it Mulan? You need to call it, you know, some something else. So I wonder if there will be another character in there that may be something like uh, a Mushu. Uh, but I I doubt it. I think they went the more realistic route on this movie is what yeah. they did. Especially with it being live action, I'm sure it'd be pretty hard to. I mean, a Mushu would have. I mean, it would be completely 100% CGI to do it. Right. Um, so, but it's going to be, you know, 
coming out. Obviously, you could stream it first on Disney Plus. And that's the thing that they did. They finally released a bunch of Disney Pass holders. I saw I got an email, and it basically said that what this premiere is going to do for you is you're going to be able to access it for $29.99 before it's available to all Disney Plus subscribers, which, I mean, everyone knew it was eventually going to come to Disney Plus. Yeah. And with the service, I don't think they're going to have the same issue with other stuff coming off. Because, like, right now, there are no Marvel movies on any other platform right now. They are all yeah. Marvel movies are all back to Disney. Right. Um, yeah. Especially with, I think, um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. I think it's this week it comes to Disney Plus, I think. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, conf- I'll confirm in a second. But you're going to stream it first, exclusively available to Disney Plus subscribers. It's going to be in uh, UHD, HDR and Dolby Audio, and you can stream and download for as long as you're at Disney+. Plus. You have Disney+. Plus. The thing is, is eventually it's going to be free. And, like, like, so we started this podcast was about FOMO, fear of missing out. With you being here so long, I don't even know, I don't even know, like, with COVID and stuff like that, stuff's being released. So... There's no fear of miss. There's no fear of missing out anymore. It's all about basically just watching what you have. So I don't see anyone. Why would you spend thirty bucks when you can wait a couple months and watch it when it hits there? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, exactly. But I mean, like we said, uh, was it last week or the week before? Whenever they announced how much it would be um, to see it, since it was coming, was going to not go to theaters and go straight to uh, streaming and Disney Plus is even at $29.99 and you know it's one of those things where you like you say you stream and download it for as long as you have Disney Plus is it's still probably going to be cheaper or if not the same price as if you were to go out to the theaters and walk and and if you got kids I mean there you go right there that's you know that's three people if you got you know, two adults and a kid, that's, you're going to save out right there. And I mean, I'm not saying to do it or not. You could have a, uh, maybe a little Mulan premiere party and you got a group or, you know, family or something like that. That's got, that's got kids like, you know, your, uh, your stepsisters and whatnot. Hey, you know what? Come on over with you guys, you know, bring your son over here. We're going to stream Mulan in the, you know, in in the theater room because you know I know the husband; he's got that 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 money there. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, and have the uh, have the taco truck come over and throw a big old shindig. And hey, it's only going to cost us you know thirty bucks. So right, right, and and, you, and we broke it down. We were joking on Facebook that legitimately, if you have four people come over and they pitch in or bring food over and like, hey, we'll bring snacks. And yep. you end up breaking even, and it can be a fun family event while socially distancing. Or in my case, my in-laws will come over because we basically live with them because they're across the street. Um, but, I mean, we'll see how well it does. They're, they'll tell us. That's the one thing I think about Disney is they're very upfront about the streaming of the shows. So it's one of those positive notes. Um, and 30 it, bucks. I mean, it seems like a lot, but, you know. Uh, so a ticket to the movies, a ticket to the movies for two people, you're looking at about $24 to $28, depending on yep. what you go see. Could be up to $50 if you go D-Box or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then 
you're going to need something to drink. Because my biggest fear, the only reason why I get a drink when I go to the movies is I'm afraid I'm going to start coughing and I'm not going to be able to stop. Oh, as I'm saying it, my throat is drying up right now. And like, I'm like, I don't have any water. And my biggest fear is coming to life as we speak. So it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I need a soda. And so you get a soda and that's $4. You need a popcorn. That's another $7.50. So you just spent $11.50. So you're already at $36. And then how do you control your experience? You have a wine. Someone brings their two-year-old to Mulan the opening night. What are you smoking? What are you do? What are you doing? Don't be doing that. That's that's wrong. So you're 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 kind of eliminating that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see how it we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if it does go well, that's the only thing I'm worried about. If it does go well, are we yeah. just gonna are they gonna stop making original content like they have been as much? Or are they gonna go to bigger stuff being released this way so they can make more money off of it? We'll see what happens. Yeah. And and the other thing that I just thought of it, like you're saying, bring in a two year old, which has nothing to do with that. But say you do buy it for 30 bucks and you do have a two year old, you could play and pause it anytime you want. The movie theater, it's, hey, shut up, sit down and watch the movie. Oh, you got to go to the bathroom. Sorry. That's why we bought the soda. Dump the soda out, go to the bathroom in there. <laughs> we ain't leaving. I paid, you know, 10 bucks for you yeah. to be here. Or on this, Oh, you got to go to the bathroom. Okay, let me pause it. They'll do what you need to do. You know, bring it right back on, or or Please. something happens. You you can pause it and play it at at your leisure. So, I guess that's. Oh, uh, well, I wouldn't pay thirty bucks to stop and, and start it, but right. I, mean, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like so I, I just um, now thought of that. Yeah, and so and then we have another Disney thing that's kind of big too. Um, so the one and only Ivan is coming to Disney Plus. On the 21st. Before we get to that, though, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out in two days. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty 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 important to me. I like that. I like that. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. But, yes, no, so the one and only Ivan, uh, Tim goes, hey, you need to, you know, talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Um, uh, they basically are like, hey. We're going to get Brian Cranston and a bunch of other famous people. You know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah. So, and I didn't know it was, it's based on a children's novel of the same, same name. And if I remember right in the uh, trailer that I saw today, that it was kind of based on a true story or true events or, you know, I don't know how. And, and I know nowadays that's really that term has become really relaxed and you don't know what exactly is the true event. Um, and I could be completely wrong on that. But I mean, it's it's a gorilla named Ivan tries to piece together his past with the help from an elephant named Stella as they hatch a plan to escape from captivity. So it's weird when I read that. It sounds like, oh, they're being, you know kind of held against their will, like wanting to to get out. But from the trailer that I saw, I mean, it was, you know, Brian Cranston is the main uh, character in it besides uh, Ivan, who is the ape um, or gorilla, sorry, uh, that, you know, he, something happened, you know, takes him and Ivan grows up with Brian Cranston and they form the bond 
And it's almost like we were talking earlier where it's a cross between like the greatest showman and Dumbo. But instead of being an elephant, it's a gorilla. They have a bunch of people in this. They literally, so it's Brian Cranston, Angelina Jolie, Sam Rockwell. I'm just listening to famous people. Danny DeVito, Helen Mirren, Mike White. You know who Mike White is? Mike White is the dude that is, uh, is dating Sarah Silverman on school of rock he's the dude that's friends with jack black that's like white ron oh funches bunches of funches i love ron funches yep. uh chaka khan is in it and then indira varma and i bring her up because the wife and i just started watching luther and she's in luther um and a lot of people would know her from uh well, she's in obviously she's in Luther, but she was also in Game of Thrones, I believe. I want to say she was one of the Sand Snakes. Let's see. Um, she's in a lot of British stuff, so it's going to make it difficult to find. But I'm pretty sure she was in one and only Vi- Ivan's on there already for her on that one. And this is just a search on Google. Shows her on Rome, but I'm going to search it real quick. So go, and it is based on a true story about a gorilla named Ivan, who lived in a shopping mall in Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, it's, so, yeah, I guess it is um, about it, and with the, with that he lives in a cage in the Big Top Mall video arcade, and they help to try to turn things around in the mall, so it sounds like that the mall was struggling and they got, you know, you normally don't see a gorilla in a mall. Right. Uh, but it, it, it's funny because it's got like um, more of a, a dramatic and kind of pulls on the heartstrings. And, but then in, in the trailer, there's, you know, some comedy too. And, and the, the funny part is, is there's a chick in there and they're all like, they quote unquote broke out. But like I said, it's not like where he's mad being caged up or anything. He just wants to see what, you know, his his family's all about. And so the chicken's like, oh, you know, I need to cross the road. And they're like, well, why do you need to cross the road? Obviously, the long, you know, longstanding joke. She's like, so I could get to the other side. And the dog goes, oh, okay. And they all start laughing. And the gorilla, they're all laughing. Oh, I get it. Oh, that's, that's the reason why. And the gorilla's like with the serious faces looking it down at the dog. He's like, are, are we done? Are we done with this? And the dog's like, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're done. And I guess the dog is Danny DeVito. So okay. that's it's, good. It's, it's got some, some give and take with some comedy in there, drama, um, and so. Indira, Indira Varma indeed was on Game of Thrones, and she played Alaria Sand, so she was one of the Sands. So I'm very proud of that that knowledge I pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> and that, and so the one and only Ivan. It looked like it was originally going to come out on the um, 14th, but is going to be on the 21st so when i was on the yeah well no it was originally going to be the 21st and then they said the 14th and they said the 21st again so i don't know okay yeah because on um i think it's maybe the wikipedia page it says the 14th or maybe just when you google it um you know one of the top ones it comes up on you know it kind of gives you release date director and a little uh synopsis of it 
it says the 14th, but on the trailer, it's the, the 21st. So a yeah, they weeks. kept changing it. And I have a feeling, I bet you it's a lot of it has to do. Um, uh, I bet you it has a lot to do with the fact that, I mean, I'm not saying Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to blow it out of water, but it's one of the last Marvel films left to be put onto Disney plus. So that yep. will affect dramatically. Oh yeah, no, exactly. You want everyone. I mean, as, as many eyes and clicks on yours, where if you come out the same time as Ant-Man on the Wasp, and especially, like you said, that's the last big Marvel um, film to come out, everyone's going to want to see that, even though if they've seen it a hundred times, they hadn't seen it on Disney+, Plus. not it's going to be any different, but that'll take all the views away from uh, from this. So I could definitely see moving it back a week, because one of those things that'll... Everyone will watch it the the weekend that it comes out, uh, and then the next weekend move on to something else. So this is, and I don't know how I missed it before. I think I remember seeing something about it, but now with the uh, with the trailer that came out, it looks uh, looks really good, and I'll be excited to see it. Uh, so. Tim has another thing that he saw that I didn't see. I was going to try and watch it, but I got too busy playing Ghost of Tsushima. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'll catch it later. So Tim watched Howard on Disney Plus. So how was Howard on Disney Plus? I enjoyed it. I mean, it was only an hour and a half long, so it wasn't, you know, extremely long, um, which is kind of, for me, the perfect um time frame for it you know hour and a half in between anywhere in between an hour and a half and two hours as long as you know it kind of keeps me engaged and they're not dragging out one part to make it two hours but um as the title you know says it's about how howard ashman which uh was a disney um songwriter and he did a lot of the um renaissance uh uh animation for or did a lot of the songwriting for the uh disney renaissance of the early 90s like we were talking about earlier uh did aladdin little mermaid beauty and the beast um along with other ones that i didn't know not necessarily disney related but he did uh little shop of horrors with rick moranis i had no clue about that now that, do you want to go through his all the soundtrack of everything that he's done is oh, insane i'm sure yeah i'm sure I mean, it, so he has credits so he so spoiler alert he passed away in 91 yeah but he literally has wow how is he a, shows him as a writer for dancing with the stars for two episodes that's weird oh it's because the music it, they use is the episodes yep so okay so that makes sense so literally he did the disney sing-along br guest so he was aladdin disney sing-along memory aladdin video game aladdin 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 let's start from the beginning so it's easier to go that way before he passed away so he so looks like he got to start working for actual um like award shows so he started with beauty and the beast in 91 that he had a key thing in and that was oh that was thanks I went too far. Archive footage. Music department. There we go. So, like you said, Little Shop of Horrors, The Little Mer- Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Like, that's like the like a huge. And you got to think, literally, all these other movies that came out. I mean, it's crazy. 
their 2017 stuff is coming out. I don't even know. This isn't even Disney stuff. It's called The Railways of Crotunia. Tilly to oh, the Rescue. I mean, he did a, a lot of writing or had his hands in, in a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, with the Dancing with the Stars in 2017, where they always do a, a Disney night, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's something that some show used a song and has got to give credit. And one of, you know, that's right. That's on it because he did like i said i had no clue that he was on little shop of horrors because he got um did uh went to theater uh, obviously um where he got his start and so when they did the little shop of horrors i'm like is that the one with rick moranis i'm like oh no it's probably just you know one that he did in his local theater and as soon as i said that because i was watching it with the wife as soon as they said that, boom, here's a picture of Rick Moranis next to the uh, the plant there. I'm like, oh, well, that answers that question. And I have <laughs> no clue. But it's, uh, you know, Don Hahn, I think he directed it, which he's done a lot of, of Disney stuff. Um, and it's really, uh, you know, I liked how it did it. Like most documentaries, um you know, the, the beginning starts with what we kind of all know him for, and then it goes back and tells his stories, kind of how he grew up, parents, early life, um, did the theater, then started doing Little Shop of Horrors, uh, was really wanted to get into the theater. I think him and a couple buddies even started a theater, uh, bought a, you know, small warehouse, turned it into a theater, did productions there, uh, and then, like I said, doing the little shop of horrors. Uh, and then, you know, finally got, I can't remember if he got a call from Disney or somebody said, hey, you need to do, uh, I think what it was is they were looking for someone to do like these animations. And they're like, hey, have you, you know, this Howard Ashman, he's wrote some stuff and he's actually pretty good. It's like, ah, oh, you know, We'll see see what he does and, you know, kind of in, in the right place at the right time with the right person telling one person. Um, and as we know it, the rest is history. But the reason, you know, for it, and it's no spoiler alert, like you said, he died in 1991, um, is that he was, you know, a gay man growing up uh, in the late 80s, you know, early 90s. Uh, or I guess I should say in the 80s, and obviously at that time and place, and especially I think he was in New York um, or home, home was from New York, and so you got at that point, you know, the AIDS epidemic really hit, and nobody really knew what um, what it was all about, and then you got the media, you know, and everyone having their own narrative, and like what a lot of people said that is it was the gay disease it's like well that's not true but back then we and we all know through history um that's what people thought that it was well he ended up you know he got it uh and he so he was getting getting sick i guess as you do in the early stages of it and you know they said hey you need to go to the doctor and he kind of knew that he had it just the symptoms um and so they're like hey i I think you need to do an aids test and he said no i don't want an aids test because uh that'll go on my file 
you know, and Disney, my employer, Disney will see it. And he was fear of being fired because he, you know, had AIDS. So the doctor said, okay, well, let's do a T cell count. And when that, what that comes back as we'll, we'll know, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, an AIDS test, but it'll give us a general idea. Yeah, exactly. If it comes back in this range, you know, we're 95% sure you have it. If it's not, then you don't. Well, of course it came back in that range and they're like, Hey, you know, so they were able to, to do the best they can for him, um, with medication and, and whatnot. But eventually, obviously he succumbed to it. But in, those later days, I think he was doing, um, I can't remember what the last one was. It was either, I think it was Beauty and the Beast. I, I, I can't remember. And towards the end of his career there, before he really got too sick, that, you know, he, they won um, Grammys, Oscars, whatever it was, I can't remember, for... Um, Oh, what was it? Little Mermaid, I want to say, or Aladdin. One mm-hmm. of one of the first ones. And so it's like, oh man, hey, he's and it was Alan Macon and him that was doing it. Alan Macon was the other one that um like Howard Ashman, like Alan he mentored Alan Macon and Alan Macon's still there. And on now when you see any of those uh songs that's being performed and the guy on the piano, nine times out of ten, it's Alan Macon because he was a writer along with it. But once he became too sick to, to travel, basically, you know, they said, Hey, we still want you to be, you know, you're the man. We want you to be a songwriter. He said, okay, well, here's kind of my demands. If you want me there, I'm not going to be able to fly out there to Burbank or LA to the studio. You're going to have to bring it to me. Well, a lot of people didn't know his condition. So they're like, Oh, this guy's prima donna. Of course he's won the Oscar. And now, you know, he wants it to come to us. Well, once they started doing it, a lot of people, it's like, Oh, you know, people knew what was going on without him coming out and saying it. And they're like, okay, now, now we get it. Then eventually came out and, you know, said that he had AIDS. um, And then, you know, he, he ended up, passed it away and i think he passed away before whichever was the last one that he did before aladdin aladdin yeah he passed away before it released uh theatrically if i remember right but i mean shoot they him and his um boyfriend i don't know if they were married or not or or partner i guess i should say they were in the middle of building a house and then he gets diagnosed with this AIDS disease. And at that point in time, I mean, it's basically a death sentence because I mean, there's, you know, especially back then, nothing you could do about it. Right. Right. You you have it now. Um, So they were in the middle of building this house. And once he passed away, I think they, the the partner finished building the house and never lived in it. I mean, they said uh, at their old house, he would live in a different uh, would sleep in a different bedroom because he didn't have the strength to get up and down the stairs. And even when he was flying back and forth uh, or no, when they brought the studio to him, he could only do five, maybe six hours a day. He couldn't do eight, 10, 12 hours. And especially in the beginning, when a lot of people didn't know it, they're like, Hey, we're on a roll. Let's go, go, go. And he's like, I, I, I can't, I got to get home. And I guess it would just, you know, he would just, 
be be beat because of it and he didn't have the stamina like he did so i really enjoyed it um i think it could be something especially on disney plus or they could do um a lot of different documentaries like this hour you know hour and a half or maybe even a couple part series um of some uh, people that have been with disney you know a long longer careers uh, and it's a perfect platform for it because you could do it. You're going to get the diehard Disney people or, um, you know, people that are like, oh, I didn't know he did that just to see the Disney tie in on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, it's Disney Plus. You just leave it up there and, you know, people see it when when they want to and it'll be um, original content. So I hope they do more like it. Uh especially as Don Hahn is the director, because I know he's done multiple um, projects like this. So uh, like I said, I I enjoyed it. I think everyone should watch it, especially the circumstances um, that Howard Ashman had to go through and with a big company like Disney and even with him, who's had won them, you know, multiple Oscars uh, that even him, you know, having the AIDS diagnosis was afraid of of the big bad mouse and being fired. Uh, and that's why, obviously, like you said, he never got tested for AIDS, that it was more of a T-cell count of the fear of being fired or blacklisted or, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I suggest everyone go out and watch it if you haven't. Yeah, so... Um... That was a good review from Tim. Haven't gotten a review like that in a while, so Tim actually really watched it. Um, we have a group of stuff from uh, Disney, and then I have one thing to talk about that's kind of like, you know, I, I wish I would have known this stuff sooner or I, I would have prepared myself. Um, but uh, so Disney World doing a bunch of stuff. So Disney World attendance has been not that great so they were lowering they're shortening their hours they're reducing them to where they're opening about an hour later on most days and closing an hour to two earlier on most days um poor connor he canceled his pass because he's like I'm, he he can barely make it there he lives right by it, but he is no point he goes it's he's gonna be there for an hour and a half you know it's, it's not worth getting going through the whole process so um they're it's doing that there at night what Especially not having anything there at night. No fantastic right. fireworks. There's there's uh, nothing going on. Yeah. So and everyone would leave after that anyway. So now not having that, everyone's kind of gonna leave once they get their fill anyways and not stay late. No and reason. you think a lot of a lot of people from around the the United States, even the world, are not going because the requirements to fly, requirements to be in the park, it just it's a lot of stuff. And speaking of getting into the park. They have contactless security screenings at Disney's Hollywood Studios now. I guess they already had them at Epcot and Animal Kingdom. And basically, you walk through, and as Tim explained, it's like going through TSA. So you walk through a little thing, and he did say he heard that somebody thought it was BS, and they walked through, and they go, can we see what's in your bag? So, you know, it's one of those things where they're like, hey, it's you know, it's trying to be as safe as possible. Great example of what people could do to get into the parks safely. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, you can't have a big rush of people go through it, obviously, um, because it is, I I don't know what it's scanning for or looking for. Obviously it's looking for, um, 
things, whatever it be. I mean, what was it last well, week? We weapons. The lady had two guns. Yeah, she had two guns and a bag of weed in her uh, diaper bag. Smart. Um, so obviously, when you try to hide it, uh, you can't because they'll they'll get you. But with these new scanners, like we were talking earlier, most of the time, especially early in the morning, when you're going to get a big rush of people coming into the park, they have a security line for people that don't have any bags. There's no reason to stand in to get your bag searched if you don't have bags. So they just yep. wave through. Um, most people, depending on what you're doing or what's going on, um, most people will just sit there because, hey, I'm coming with my wife. She's got her purse or whatnot. I know when we went in uh, February, one of the guys didn't have uh, didn't have a backpack or anything like that because I think his girlfriend had a smaller backpack, so he just put stuff in there. But what he would do is he'd go in get in line because this was you know still when rise of the resistance was very popular so it people got there and lined up well with us standing in bag check he walked right through got up in line we were when our group was done called him hey where are you at i'm over here boom walked up right next to him it, it was awesome we were just closer to um to the front and getting in but with these new scanners it's for guests with smaller bags or purses and they could just walk through but they have to um, take out umbrellas, aerosols, or large metal items. So I guess that'll probably set it set it off, or More than you know, likely, give a, yeah, give a false positive or whatever you want want to say. Say, but it does say with guests with larger bags may still be asked to stand aside for a more thorough inspection or a uh, metal detector uh, with a wand. So, which is great because, I mean, you get a lot of these, you know, especially if depending on what you're doing for the day and you don't need uh, a bigger backpack or if it's going to be a day where you don't need to bring a sweatshirt or anything. And it's just, hey, a small backpack or, or a fanny pack or a purse where, OK, this the guy in security, you know, he opens it up and we I mean, you've probably been through it, too. You know, it takes them maybe five seconds. It takes you longer to open up your bag than for him to look through it. So yep. with this, I, I think it's great where it's, hey, go th through there. If it doesn't go off, you know, you know, have a, have a nice day. So uh, I expect this. I mean, I guess the only park it's not at in Walt Disney World is Magic Kingdom. But if they already have them on the three other ones, uh I expect it to, and especially since they are installing it at a third uh, entrance right now to the parks, I expect it to see it rolling out. And I guess it all depends on what the crowd level will be. But if they could get everyone, I mean, that's everyone's biggest complaint is it's not getting into the park. It's getting through security to get into the park because that's your bottleneck. Right. And your bottleneck isn't getting into the park. As long as you have your ticket out, they scan it, your picture matches you, boom, there there you go. We're going through security, open up every single one. Then you always have the person that's waiting. Very next person in line doesn't have any of his backpack uh, zippers open. So then you got to wait for him to open every single one. Or me and you are you know, seasoned veterans. Dude, I got that thing open. Hey, how's it going? Boom, boom, boom. He looks at it. All right, thanks. Have a nice day. See you later. Make it easy for him, uh, the security person. That way you're not holding up the line.
So yeah, and so if you're going to Disney World, be prepared to walk through that. Also, be prepared um, for you know the hours being changed. And if you want to get a COVID test, you can just head on over to it's called Disney's Main Gate. I looked it up. It's basically an office complex that's next to Animal Kingdom where they're doing um, free COVID tests. And it, I think it's aimed for the employees because they're complaining saying that. They don't have the proper testing. So they're doing that. And you as, as a person can actually go there. And Tim, give them the wonderful website name. So it's a gr- I mean, Disney comes up with, you know, great marketing, great campaigns. And I mean, this I, I have to give it to Disney on this one for coming up with the website. So here is the website. If you want to get uh, COVID testing at Walt Disney World, it is no spaces. Do I need a COVID-19 test.com? No question mark, no nothing. There you go. So So you can go go there, log in, and um, basically set up an appointment to get tested at the facility there. Um, So good luck if you do that. Connor, if you want to do that. Connor, go do it and tell me how it went. Yeah, and it's it's a self-administered nasal swab from inside your car. So guess what? It's not a person shoving that thing up your nose. You're doing it yourself. So, yeah, good luck with that. And from what I've heard, no, it's you. not pleasant, and they have to do it for, like, 20 seconds. That's why they sit there and, and well, wiggle. The, the wife did it and she said it wasn't that bad. So, yeah, you know, I, I guess well, it all depends. Yeah. First time probably is a little worse than, than the other ones. But I couldn't do that myself. So, yeah. <laughs> Do I and need then, a COVID19test.com? And before we go to finish my last topic, uh, uh, there is a cool image. I guess the lightning strike right next to the Rise of the Resistance in Batu in, in Florida. So I thought that was pretty cool. Some pretty cool images out there of, of lightning striking. It's pretty bright. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But according I, to Connor, that happens all the time. It blew up a, a power generator and shut down uh, Rise of the Resistance for, I think, the whole day. And it even affected um, Muppet Vision 3D, which was in the area. But I guess they got that back up and uh, and running. So, you know, like you said, I know they got lightning rods all over that place. But, um, you know, that still got to direct the lightning down to somewhere. Uh, so well, didn't do a very good job on that one, Disney. And you probably have mad people who couldn't ride Rise of the Resistance who were only there for one day. For one day. Yep, exactly. So now they need... Uh, a stay in the dream suite to make it right. Exactly. Um, and so the last thing we're going to talk about, everyone make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash FOMO cast, go to the group, go to Twitter, FOMO underscore cast, go to FOMO podcast on Instagram. Um, so I just saw this article and I'm like, this can't be real. And I looked it up. There is a Dr. Pepper shortage. So apparently when COVID struck, I don't know. I didn't read the full thing. But apparently it struck really hard where they have it in Texas. So I don't know if um, I don't know if they actually like people got sick because of it or, um, you know, I don't know what happened. But what I do know is, is that if you have Dr. Pepper, you guys don't want I'll set settle. I'll even settle for Dr. Thunder 
because Dr. Thunder and Mountain Lightning is my jam. If you don't know what those are, they're, they're, they're like the heart of my childhood. When, when a local store went out of business, I bought like 10 cases of Mountain Lightning. That lasted me almost a year, dude. I was drinking that. And it, I didn't know they have it at Walmart, Walmart Neighborhood Market. I would wear a mask to get some Mountain Lightning, 100%. I actually think I have a can of it in here somewhere. Oh, I do right here. I kept this can of Mountain Lightning right there, baby. Can of yep. Mountain Lightning. So you got some surge also in there or what? No surge. But one thing that's crazy is like, you know, you don't think about stuff like that till all of a sudden there's a shortage. Now, mind you, the shortage could last, you know, like a month or two until they ramp up production because trust me, now that they said that there's a shortage, they're probably going to be selling out like crazy. And oh, then they're probably going to up production and then they're going to have too much. So it is what it is. So, so what's going to happen? Is Little Sweetness still going to get his uh, contract and everything? I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. I hope he does because he's like my favorite part. He's the only commercial I can truly like. <laughs> so, but we've been going for almost two hours. This was a really fun podcast. It was really jam-packed. Um, hopefully, I'll get this uploaded by tomorrow. If not, I'll upload it whenever I want to upload it. So, um, for the Boy, one one last quick thing. Oh no! Okay, what was it? It could be quick or you know as long or short as you want it. Kind of going now that you know back to Disney, and I didn't ask Chris this or anything. You know, preparing him, I wanted to get his genuine reaction. So now with Disney, Walt Disney World being open and all the uh, protocols and everything that they're doing over there with social distancing. And I'm um, disinfecting the rides and then sending them through to, to air it out. I know in the beginning, we posed this question. Now, with everything going on, if Disneyland open, would you or maybe you and your wife or you, family and the kids, would you go to Disneyland if it opened or would you still wait a while? Um, I probably wouldn't. I, the only reason why I would wait a while would be just the crowds because like people have said, like Disney world is a bigger facility. So when it's at 25% of capacity, they could get a lot more people in than Disneyland can. And yeah. there's nothing worse than getting stuck in California adventure. Cause California adventure. I like it. I like drinking the beer. I like having the chats with people that I know there, yeah. but it's different when you go like I'll never like for those that you haven't been or always wanted to go when we were going every like once a month, legitimately you would sit on main street on a bench and just watch people walk by and it's super relaxing. Like you wouldn't think about that. You get one of the, the gourmet donuts and you're just sitting there eating it while you're watching people walk by, you know, like I tell people all the time, my favorite thing is to take pictures of families when they're there because I was blessed enough to go multiple times a year. I think we went, 33 times one of our passes 33 days total so we went for a total of 33 days in a year then more than paid for the pass and the cool part for me is is like i know there's going to be a surge of people going because that's how disney world was i think the locals are going to keep it going because people are going to downtown disney like crazy right now in california even when they put the thing out saying someone that was a cast member in downtown disney had covid they're like so what you know to try and stop me from going so it was one of those things where you're kind of like you know maybe i will but you know, i'd play it by ear if if i was single 
or it was just me and the wife and I was younger and not fat and legs hurting, I would probably I would probably try to get in first thing. I would probably try to get in first thing. Yeah. Now yeah. With, the, with the kid, I would wait. Yeah. Now, if it was um, like same situation with Disney World where, um, you know, it was uh, still pretty empty, like a, they didn't what they were expecting as far as attendance wise didn't show up. And you saw that at Disneyland. And obviously with it being, um, you know, a couple hour, well, not a couple hour drive. But where you could make the decision and going down there, you don't have to hop on a plane or anything like that. Would that change anything? Like you, you know, like you said, if you're if you went down there and you saw you know saw people or got reports like, oh my gosh, there is nobody down here. It's a ghost town. Or saw pictures. Would that change anything? Or would it still like I said? I, and it's different for you than for me because you got the kid and, and it's and like you even said, it's different if it was just. You know, if you were single and ready to mingle or, you know, you and, and your lady. I, swing I mean, I mean, for us, it wouldn't be that hard. because He's, he's going to be two. So it's not like he's in the uh, toddler that needs to have a bottle. Like we could stop and get French fries or we could bring snacks. He's eat snacks all the time. So yeah. it'd be easier for me. The actual bait, the, my actual decision making has nothing to do about the actual crowds it's more about what rides are available because i know a lot of the rides have gone under extended refurbishment so i know haunted mansion and i believe pirates they're working on them like crazy so if there was enough rides to where hey i can squeeze in on these ones every once in a while i would do it but if it was only like a handful of rides i probably wouldn't the ride the rides being open plus i've never seen batu i want to see batu so I would yeah. risk it to see Batu. Yeah, no, exactly. And I and I hear you make a good point there, where it all depends on what rides are open. Because if you got a couple e-ticket rides that are down, that takes those out of circulation. You're gonna have, yeah, it may not be attendance-wise a lot of people there, but they're gonna be those lines of those more popular rides that are open are going to be long. So it's not gonna be worth it because hey, those are the ones that. I more so want to ride. And I mean, you know, I get it. I mean, like um, Alice and all of those other uh, Fantasyland dark rides are cool. But I mean, I couldn't sit there and ride those all day. I want to go on Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, you know, right. Rise of Resistance and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, I was, just, I was just curious. And it was funny on a podcast I was actually just listening to driving home today from work. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. Like I said, it was uh, I heard it on it. But with California and with them, you know, we're going to open in middle of July now, not anymore. I guess with the protocols and everything that they have that, you know, the reason why they didn't open before is because the governor was going to come out on July 4th. And Disney said, you know, that's not going to give us enough time um, to do what we need to do and open on July 17th, like we said. So we're just going to, you know, uh make it where we're going to, you know, kind of open an indefinite uh, or not have a date and just put it as indefinite. Where now, I guess, with everything that's going on and having time to prepare is what they said is that they could be open if they give the orders for amusement parks within 10 days, which makes sense because, I mean, you know what's, you're going to have to have the social distancing. You're going to have to have stuff in order already. So they could already do that and 
they don't have, you know. I don't think Disney would make would make enough money to be at a certain capacity. So I think that's one of the reasons why they decided not to really open too, because they technically could probably open now if they came to the state and said, this is what we're going to yeah. do. They could lead the charge. They have the money. They have the people. They could do all of that. It's all about, they won't make the money because you got to think they're not getting the resort money. They're not getting a lot of stuff. So yeah. there's a lot of negatives in that, in that space. And I mean, and Disney, it's a trickle down effect too, because I mean, pretty much Anaheim, that whole, definitely the resort area. And even outside of that, down to like Garden Grove and even probably north into a little bit of Fullerton, um, you know, they want Disney to be open because all those hotels and everything mean they're they're, they're they get a lot of pull from that Disney, which is funny when the city council of Anaheim kind of wants to assert their dominance and make disney uh you know go through the ring or anything like that i mean they you you can't bite the hand that feeds you i mean disney could say okay we're not going to do that and sorry too bad so sad and they're going to wonder why revenue has gone down because disney isn't running any specials and people aren't going there so i don't know i just thought it was you know, we asked it in the beginning, and shoot, I think it was middle of March when Disney closed. Yep. Uh, I figured, you know, with Walt Disney World, I think it's almost been open a month, or maybe this week is a month, or coming up close to it. Um, figured I just pose it back, and I wanted to get a genuine response from you, so that way you couldn't think about it. Uh, <laughs> kind of put you on the spot, so because uh, it, it got, I kind of was thinking about it and then the wife because she's got a lot of her worker friends and the group that we went with in february was from her work and now with her job uh and getting able to see them more so they were saying hey we need to do a disney trip and as soon as it opens let's go i'm down i'm down to go or the one guy that said that before in the beginning um he's got a little bit of a compromised immune system he said Nope, I'm not going. He kind of just stayed to himself. Anywhere he went, he'd masked up, even if it was in a safe area. Um, yeah. Now, now I, I think with everything that he's seeing and them doing at Walt Disney World, um, he said, hey, as soon as it opens, let's go. And they all have passes so they can, um, you know, do it at the at the at the, uh, you know, drop of a hat. So I thought it was it was interesting. And especially his take on it, like I said, were. In the beginning, he was, you know, wore a mask everywhere, even if we're six feet apart or anything like that. He's like, I can't, I can't risk it. And um, his parents live with them as well. So not only does he have a compromised immune system, but, you know, like anyone, they don't want to give it to their parents or, or grandparents. They don't want to be the one. So it was interesting how I think everyone's just kind of ready for it to be over, but doing it in a safe manner, which obviously all of these parks and everyone's want to because they don't want to open and close like the um the asian parks have so that was it just figured well, i'd throw, we'll, throw it we'll see what happens with all those parks and see whether or not they stay open or not so i mean florida still is and they had the increase right when disney opened i mean yeah granted, i don't blame them. i mean you couldn't see that coming you know and disney just opened when they did but no yeah. one said anything about universal and they opened a couple weeks before but they when they opened, there wasn't that big uptick in cases and Disney opens and, oh my gosh, you thought that, you know, the world was burning down, but 
Disney didn't know that there was going to be that <laughs> that many cases, and they were prepared with everything. And as far as I know, um, at Walt Disney World, there's been no cases of COVID linked to to the resort. Uh, yeah, yeah. As of last week, they said there was no cases. So yeah. So hopefully, I mean, it keeps going that way, so that everyone can keep going to the parks. Yep. No, exactly. So, well, for for me, for the FOMO cast, I'm Chris. I'm Tim. And we will see you next time.